welcome back to the Trav and Rigby show. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. The Eagles are 3-0. and Fantasy team's 1-2. and It's mm-hmm. awesome. Which one are you happy about? The Eagles being 3-0. and Yeah. Not the fantasy team thing, right? No, no, no. One and Who two in both you? fantasies, actually. Who spanked you this week? Was it was it Tyler Rico? put a whooping on me? Put yeah, me on I, I also lost to my brother this week. Some in sibling another, sibling crime. In another game that went to the Monday night game, which I can't stand. Just beat me oh. at the beginning. Like just blow me out. Forty points down after the Sunday night game or the Sunday one o'clock games, and then I just don't have to care about football for the rest of the week. But so no. you would like to lose to your brother the way that I lost to mine. That'd be great. He, like you knew Tyler was going to beat me sometime around the four o'clock games. Yeah, that would have been perfect because then I just <laughs> wouldn't have cared anymore. I wouldn't have watched any more football and it just would have been over for me. I would have moved on with my life and moved on to bigger and better things. But uh, yeah, the football gods decide to keep me hanging on the edge of my seat every single week. Every single week I've had so far, I've gone to the Monday night game. Well, uh, I didn't stop watching football. I did know it was over, and I just continued to watch football and just stopped checking fantasy, which is both sad and also a sigh of relief when it happens. Yeah. It's like, okay, I lost. So just now it's just unbiased football time. For sure. Um, somebody was ruled out on Kyle's team because he's projected a lot less points now for some reason. Who Uh-oh. was that person? Oh, Montgomery, probably. Yeah, it was Montgomery. Was oh, yeah. Out. That makes sense. He is ruled out. Okay, cool. Moving on. Let's uh, recap the games from last week. You want to do that? Let's do it. All right. Hit me. All right. So last week, starting off, we have the Steelers at the Browns. And mm-hmm. this game was in Cleveland Thursday night. And it was... The Browns. We, I mean, we talked about it because we were recording as it happened last week. But yeah, we were talking about that a little bit. The, that game didn't go. Anybody thought it was going to go, and the Browns did win. So, yeah, twenty-nine to seventeen. Uh, a lot more points scored in that one than I thought. Jacoby Brissett actually looked pretty decent. Um, he hasn't looked terrible for what it's worth. No, no I don't think so either. Is it? Uh, is it almost Kenny Pickett time or what? Um, after they lose to the Jets this week, yeah, they'll they'll be like, okay, Mitchell, get off the field, and we're gonna put Mr. Mitchell, get out of here, Mitch. Mitch Trubisky was twenty of thirty-two, two hundred seven yards passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions. A thoroughly Mitch Trubisky day. Yeah, and and Jacoby Brissett was uh, twenty-one of thirty-one, two hundred twenty yards and two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Pretty decent day from him. Nick Chubb absolutely went. Uh, Ham Sammy, 23 carries for 113 yards, one touchdown. Um, he's he's good. He's he might be the best like pure running back in the league, right? Safe to say. Yeah, he's he's uh consistently like the best, which is it seems so weird because the the league and the fans are very knee jerk when it comes to stuff like this. Like three weeks ago, we would have agreed that Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in the league. Yeah, fantasy-wise, for sure. 
Well, I just mean even in general, though, right? Because, all right, I mean, maybe we would have said Christian McCaffrey, but he was arguably the best running back last year if you don't consider fantasy. And Chubb is one of those old reliable guys. We sort of, you always come back to Chubb as a guy that didn't, he didn't really sway one way or another. Though, did he have a great week one? Chubb. I can remember. Uh, Chubb was. I don't know if I can look it up on what I'm on right now to tell you that to tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah he did. Fun. He um he was hold on. Hold on. <laughs> uh, I I can get this. I promise you. I promise you I can get it. It's fine. Right, he uh, probably was. He's pretty reliable. Yeah, 23 for 113. I'm sorry, 22 for 141. He didn't okay. have a touchdown though. It's got to be the Browns' offensive line, right? It's got to be why they're winning games. It's got to be why Brissett looks halfway decent, and it's got to mm-hmm. be continual, continually the reason why Chubb is a beast. It's got to be, right? What other reason for there is it? Yeah, I mean, or I think is there. Yeah, I mean, Chubb Chubb's definitely just good, but that old line is definitely really good too. Chubb uh, Chubb reminds me of a running back from like the mid two thousands. Just like remember when like the running backs were all good, and it was just like it was disappointing if they didn't have a hundred yard game. And now it's like kind of rare that running backs get 100 yard games. Yeah. Everything's so split backfield these days. And it's, it's a lot more rare to even have a, uh, a back that handles most of the carries. Mm-hmm. Speaking okay. of back that handles most of the carries though, Najee Harris got 15 carries for only 56 yards and a touchdown. Is it um, weird? I, I haven't really seen much from him. Like everybody was like, Oh, he's one of the best running backs to come out of the draft in a long time. And that's why he was worth the first round pick. But I'm just like, I haven't really seen it as far as like, I mean, he gets a ton of carries and a ton of work and stuff like that, but I don't know. I don't see really like him being super explosive on the field. Yeah. I mean, he, he only averaged 3.7 yards to carry. Um, he did score, but I think he's dealing with a Liz Frank injury as well, or one that at least bothered him for at least a year now. Uh, I don't really know if he's a victim of an injury or if this is just the Steelers offensive line not being very good, or if this is just not the, this league is not a single back league anymore. Just, it's just not the way it goes anymore. But I also tend to think though, man, that we are not, we know very little. We think we know generally how the league is going to go year to year, and we know very little. It's so different every year. Yeah. Like, oh, this is a wide receiver dominated league, and then you know the league starts. And you got all these guys, or the year starts, and all these guys who are supposed to be good, and they're all like, "Well," and you get I mean, guys who guys who aren't supposed to be that good end up being pretty good, like Amari Cooper. Or at least you didn't think we're going to be very good in Cleveland, not until Watson started playing. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely didn't think he was going to be doing good. I don't even know that I would have said he he was going to do great when Watson got back. Right. But he looks great so far. Yeah, he does. They're leaning on him over there. The Browns won this game, though. We can move on here. Um, The next game is the Texans at the Bears. Yeah, Bears. I believe I had the Texans in this one, and I believe you also had the Texans in this one. Oh yes, we were. You and I were simpatico through the first five games. Okay, cool. 
Uh, the Texans did lose to the Bears. I don't. I forget what the number is, but Fields has it's like three hundred and something yards passing for yeah. three weeks of the season, which is the lowest since like nineteen seventy or something like that. Seems pretty good. Uh, I'm wondering if because we knew the Bears weren't going to be very good, but Fields is also a quarterback taken in the first round, and he seems to be getting a lot more leeway than I feel like other rookie or, or other second year quarterbacks would be getting right now. Right. Is, at what point is do we start at least handing some of the blame to Fields? Because right now he gets none of it for the most part. It's like the Bears are awful. What is this kid supposed to do with that team? But I think at some point we got to look at him and be like, he kind of doesn't look like a very good passer. Yeah, and I will say though they they're not really letting him pass. Like that game against the the Packers uh, last week. Well, I guess two weeks ago now. Um, he only threw what eighteen passes or something like that, or eleven. It was eleven, I think it was. Yeah. And that's just like, what are you doing? Yeah, they. I mean, they only let him throw seventeen this week, but he threw two interceptions. So yeah, you're right. Mean, it definitely doesn't look great, but they may not be letting him throw for a reason. That's um, fair, but I mean, I feel like if you're just gonna like this was my big problem with Sanchez in New York, right? If you're gonna sit there and like say how good your running game is and how good your defense is, but then be afraid to let your rookie quarterback play. Like, I don't know. Let them go out there and make a mistake. If the rest of the team is that good, they'll bail them out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let them go out and learn what he can do. Like, um, I, I actually liked Zach Wilson's approach uh, last year when he was, like, throwing. I mean, I don't like that he's throwing picks, but I liked his reasoning behind it, I guess. He was basically just saying, like, you know, I'm kind of, for my first year, I'm kind of trying to see you know, what throws I can and can't get away with in the NFL. It's like, I'm trying to kind of test the boundaries right now. Um, you know, he's like, just to make myself better for the future. Cause let's be fair. I think he knew along with the entire rest of the NFL that the jets were awful last year. So I like that they were going to be awful no matter how good or bad he played. So I don't know, let Justin Fields play, just let him play. Like let him loose. You drafted him to, to, to throw the ball, not to like hide how bad he throws the ball. You know, if he's bad at throwing the ball then don't put him on the field. Agreed. I, I think. Oh, so I agree with you that if he's bad at throwing football, then don't, then don't put him out there. Yeah. Uh, I also think there's a bit of this. It's like, you can't really, you have to throw him out there. He's a first round pick. You have, to, but if you're, you're not getting what you want out of a first round pick, if you're not at least letting him try it, yeah, you have to let um, him play. He had eight carries for 47 yards, which is not a part of his game anybody really questions. Everybody assumes and they know based on what they've seen already that, you know, what he can do uh, with his feet slash legs and mm-hmm. knees and other parts of the lower body. Uh, shins, shins, yep. Yeah. He, the, 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 somehow though, the Browns, the Browns, the Bears not looking great still won this game by a field goal. Uh, Davis Mills, who people have been that have been a bit higher on this year, he was 20 for 32 for 245, a touchdown and two picks. Uh, my favorite, though, 
stat of in the entire box score here is the Damian Pierce getting 20 carries. I'm a huge fan of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, but I what I'm wondering is he's had a significant um, uptick in carries each week, and if, and it's like it's been real significant. So why get so few in week one? Is it like a rookie hazing thing? Like, haha, rookie, we knew you were going to be decent in the preseason, but we only wanted to give you eight carries in week one because whatever. It's tough to say. I mean, it might just be, it might be situational stuff where Rex Burkhead, you know, maybe just understood the playbook a little bit better at the time or, or, I mean, it might, it sounds crazy because it was just a week later he got an uptake in carries. But I mean, they did the same thing with Cam Akers, who, for what it's worth, is coming off of a very severe injury. So, you know, he only got three carries in week one and what he had like 18 carries last week. So, you know, did he have 18? Good lord. He had a ton. Yeah. Or 18 total touches, maybe something like that. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, you know, I, I feel like that's not super uncommon. Even somebody like Brees Hall is getting less carries than he probably should. Yeah. I, so, well, I think with Brees Hall, it's because Michael Carter is also a young running back they just took last year in the draft. Yeah. And Michael Carter is good for what it's worth. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, you know, I mean, I think he's more talented than like Rex Burkhead is, for example. Um, hands down. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, because this could be. You know, this could just, like I said, it could be a situation where maybe Rex Burkhead's a better pass protector. And so he's in there for that reason and just getting a ton of snaps. So they just keep him in there because game plan wise, you can't just bring Rex Burkhead in to pass protect because it tips off the defense when they're going to pass and when they're not going to pass. So you end up just giving him a ton of carries in week one until, you know, uh, what's his name? Who are we talking about? Damian Pierce, but now, but go. that's sort Pierce. of, but now they're showing that hand regardless because now they're giving Pierce the ball twenty times a game, yeah, and bringing Burkett in on passing downs mm-hmm. because Burkett still had four grabs on five targets, which is decent for a running back who only mm-hmm. touched the ball five times. Yeah, so he didn't have any. He what? He only had one carry or something. He had one carry, or excuse me, three carries for nine yards. So gotcha. really, he had seven touches. But I guess the point I'm making is I was confused at first week one. Uh, Everybody, though, assumed that Pierce, given the heat he picked up in the preseason, was going to be the guy. It just was weird how they came out and acted like he wasn't and then immediately said, no, no, he is. Don't don't worry, guys. Right. Uh, The Bears won this game 23-20, and I don't know how I feel about the Bears or the Texans still. Because it's week three, and they both seem like bad teams. Yeah, they both seem like bad teams that could just kind of surprise you here and there. Like, I wouldn't be that surprised if if the Texans end up winning quite a few games in their division and end up competing. Yeah, you know the division's mean? weird. Because that, that division's kind of garbage. <laughs> I can't say that about the Bears, though. I don't think the Bears are going to compete in the North. At all. No, God, I don't think so. I think I think the Lions, the Vikings, and the Packers will all blow the doors off the Bears every single time they play them this year. Oh, you think the Bears are dropping a goose egg in the in the NFC North this year? Um, probably. If I had to bet money on it, yeah, I'd probably say that. Of course, I mean Yeah. You know, they play uh they play the Vikings in two weeks, so watch that'll be the game that they uh they win for no reason. 
It's not prime time, though, so I think Kirk Cousins will be fine. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. The uh, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Tennessee Titans. And this Titans was a game... Was yeah, and this was a game... This was a game that both these teams like desperately needed the win because they were both 0-2. Starting off 0-3 in the NFL is a, essentially like a, you know, a death sentence. Yeah. Like there's no shot you make the playoffs when you start off 0-3, which just seems kind of crazy that in a league that, you know, I mean, it's what, like a five-month-long league, right? Like, so it sounds kind of crazy that in fi- like a five-month-long league, you lose the first three games and you're just done. Yeah. It's extremely tough to come back from that. There's probably a bit of momentum involved there too. Because to, I mean, there's a lot of things that come into play when you start 0-3, maybe somebody significant got hurt and it's tough to tough to come back from something like that. Or the team just down or the coaching staff is not very good. Josh McDaniels is, I don't like, I don't know what's happening over there in Las Vegas or what he's doing. Hmm. Uh, Derek Carr threw this ball 44 times, yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. We talked about this before we were went on air here, but his high target person of the day was not named Devontae Adams. Instead, a former Philadelphia Eagles reject, Mac Hollins, was targeted 11 times for eight catches, 158 yards, and one touchdown. Pretty solid. That's, I, I say not Devontae Adams. Hollins had 11 targets and Adams had 10. So Adams got his normal looks. Uh, mm-hmm. He only caught the ball five times for 36 yards and a touchdown. They, the Raiders appear to be targeting Jacobs a decent amount these days. Yeah. Um, I feel like people were really down and out about Jacobs fantasy-wise and maybe just generally speaking because he's on that, the last year of that deal. But he still got the ball 13 times for 66 yards. That's a 5.1. I don't necessarily know what the Raiders Raiders aren't doing, but they are 0-3. And as you said, doesn't look good. It's weird to me that um, people were down about Jacobs because it was the last year of his deal. Because for any other position, it's like, oh, it's the last year of his deal. He's going to ball out to try and get paid. But I guess that doesn't work for running backs. I don't know. Yeah, that's like I, it seems like when a running back's in the last year of his deal, you just run him into the ground, right? Get your that's last. Kind of what I was thinking because I remember having this conversation with Murph, and I was like, I like Josh Jacobs this year going in the fantasy, and he's like, Oh, really? He's like, I don't. He's like, and I feel like a ton of other people don't either. I'm like, Yeah, I see a lot of people not liking him, but I kind of don't get it because the last year of the running back deal, like they always run him into the ground and give him a ton of carries because they're probably not going to resign him. Yeah, you wouldn't. You would think that's what they do, but on the opposite side of the ball, nope. The other team's offense: twenty carries, eighty-five yards, and a touchdown for Derrick Henry. So, is he back? Is he doing Derrick Henry things? He's he's partially back, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, he's not truly back until he stiffs on like stiff arms somebody into the ground. Uh, you know, one of those like highlight stiff arms that he has, like those. Yeah. Those are nice to watch, um, but you know, yeah, he had a, he he had also a good game. The ball, uh, five times for fifty-eight yards. Yeah, he was their leading receiver receptions-wise. Yep, which is you know wild. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to win games, you might as well feed the beast, right? Like, 
if that's your winning formula from before. Uh, Tannehill hasn't looked great, though. 19 for 27, 264 yards, touchdown and interception. I don't necessarily mean it hasn't looked great. Like, this is the game that's made him not look great. But he doesn't seem to be off to an awesome start this year. Uh, that is a QBR rating. I will not sit here and act like I really know the difference between those two things. But uh, QBR in a, in a quarterback rating? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, the QBR uh, and the rating. They're vastly different. Yeah. So the rating goes up to 158.3 and the QBR goes up to 100. It's just a different way to grade the quarterback uh the qbr came out more recently and just feel they feel like it's a more accurate and more under, understandable uh metric on grading quarterbacks well that's i believe good, the highest yeah i believe i believe the highest qbr ever recorded was uh like a 97.5 for a game or something like that and i th- believe it was the michael vick game against uh washington where he threw like washington where he threw like five oh, yeah. or six touchdowns, yeah. He started off the game with a bomb. Yeah, I believe that's the highest uh, QBR ever recorded, but I'll I'll double check. Yeah. Well, so the Titans won this game at home. The Kansas oh, I do want to say sorry. I do want to say really quickly um, that that the Raiders, I guess, aren't totally out of it because the worst starting record of all time for a team that started like that that started poorly and then went to the playoffs. The Chargers in 1992 started off 0 and 4 and then went 11 and 1, making them 11 and 5 making the playoffs. So yeah. they, they got uh, time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they got time. Pretty few. What's crazy is that division was thought to be like, yeah, I don't know if that's really the case right now. Yeah, I don't I don't know. The the Broncos look really underwhelming, but we'll get to them. And the the Raiders obviously look like a giant disappointment so far. The Chargers, I think, look like a disappointment. And then the Chiefs, the only ones that look like they actually knew what they were doing, uh, spoiler alert, lost to the Colts in a pretty disappointing game for them as well. So, no, you know, the Broncos somehow came out the winners of this weekend while only scoring 11 points, and that is pathetic. And in a game where they just felt like the losers, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. On your very rare early season must win game. Um, usually games at the beginning, or at least in the beginning quarter of the season, aren't usually must win. But in this case, it was because the Colts have looked god awful. So bad they've looked. Yeah, really um, bad. That I don't, for the life of me, quite understand why Kansas City lost this game. Uh, there was a bit of a an issue there at halftime with Pat Mahomes and, and Eric Bieniemy, And while we'll get into some of the stats mm-hmm. stuff for these, I wanted to point out that Pat Mahomes wanted to go for points. He wanted more points there, where Bieniemy wanted to play it more safe, which I don't necessarily disagree with either line of thinking. But I think people got to see on full display why Bienemy hasn't been a head coach yet. He has he ha- he garners no respect from his players, and I think he just assumes that you know these guys will just do as they're told. Where like Pat Mahomes has shown you, he's, he's an, uh, uh, one of the NFL's absolute best right now. Yeah, and Bienemy just looks abrasive, man. He looks like a guy that's like, I don't give a shit about what you want. 
you're going to do as I say. And I don't know when and where he's earned that. Um, maybe I I interpreted the whole sideline situation wrong because I've, I've seen it so many times now, like through ESPN or Sports Center and on Twitter. And and uh, I every time I see it, I'm just like, I this guy be enemy. I, he they should he should get the opposite of a head coach. They should make him. They should demote him back to running backs coach. <laughs> Let somebody else call the offense because. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, this is me being way too harsh on Eric Bianami, but I think maybe people got a glimpse as to why that man has, has been looked over a few times head coaching wise. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely gotta be something there, right? But you it's would hard think. to say without knowing hundred percent. And Pat Mahomes absolutely played it down. He like in the post game presser there. And he was like, was there, was there a confrontation? I, I I wanted to go for points. They told me that, that you know, we're going to play it safe, and uh, I didn't like it at the time, and we got over it. I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, that's not at all what like what happened, Pat. You were there, and that's not what happened. Like, there was a yelling match between you and the offensive coordinator, and, like, like Andy Reid had to be the guy that split you up. So, like, let's right. let's not act like there aren't cameras on you guys at all times, which is one of my favorite things players do. They – they downplay things that happened on the sideline as if the entire world didn't see it in live color television. Yeah. I remember there was an instance where Sam Darnold was screaming at Adam Gaze on the sideline and the reporters asked him about it. And he's just like, Oh yeah. You know, sometimes we have like a little, like, you know, arguing or like a whatever he's like, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just like normal, like friendly stuff or whatever. And then like, I can't remember exactly what he said, but something along the lines of that. And then like they commented on like what the backup quarterback, uh, it, not the backup. He was like the third string. Like he wasn't even dressed for the game. And he like shot this look over at Sam. Like he was like super shocked at what Sam said to Adam Gaze. And he's like, Oh him. He's like, he always looks like that. Like he <laughs> kind of just made fun of this, the way the dude's face looks. And I was like, yo, Darnold is a savage. What is he saying that for? He, oh, him. He just always looks like that. Yeah, that's uh, what, what a great said. answer. I was dying. Is, is Sam Darnold a funny guy? Is that, is that, he is, we, he is. He is. Yeah. He's, he's kind of, fun. I feel like he's kind of likable, which is why, you know, like as a person, it's hard when you like a quarterback, like as a person, but they, but they're hot garbage and you're just like, God, I want you to be good so bad. <laughs> you know, that's how I felt I about like Sanchez. You, but you're too. terrible at your job. Yeah, yeah. I like I like Sanchez a lot too, just because of how like funny he was. Oh man, I saw so many like clip dude and then like the flexing on absolutely nobody after he did it was just some of the best television there is. Say that again? You cut out a little bit. When when Sanchez Mark Sanchez used to catch those one handed passes at the end of practices, oh, and yeah, then just yeah, flex yeah. on nobody at the end, like mm-hmm. just after he'd make these catches, he would just be flexing in the field by himself. Like Mark, there's nobody out there. It's just you, man. It's just you. <laughs> it's hilarious, dude. The Jets hard knocks will never be beat, in my opinion. Oh, the the Rex. Yeah, it was so good. Brian was right. Yeah, so good. Uh. Matt Ryan was 27 of 37, 222 yards, two touchdowns. Probably his best game to date. They did give Jonathan Taylor the ball. What's that? I said it has a Colt. Yeah. Yeah, 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 as a Colt. Sorry. Yeah. 
Jonathan Taylor got the ball 21 times for 71 yards, as long as it's 13. Uh, Michael Pittman played again, which is which is good. He's a, he's one of these young budding receivers that everybody is very high on. Mm-hmm. The the game that probably had the best quick clip of the entire weekend, the Bills at the Dolphins. Uh, surprisingly, the Dolphins came out of this game, the victors, at 3-0 and now, mm-hmm. beating the Buffalo Bills at home in a game where everybody and their sister caught a cramp at some point. Um, one of my favorite things about Miami, the, the Dolphins, that is, is that their stadium is designed so that the sun is always on the away team. So these teams little overhead things that the players can stay cool on the sideline and still they always cramp up. And I think that that's some, that's a bit of genius engineering that you do that, that it it doesn't even matter if they bring their own little pavilion or tent or whatever, that the heat just still take, and then they wear their, they wear their white jerseys at home. So it's just like, yeah, in the September to early October months, it's it's brutal for the for the away team to play in Miami, and I think that's hysterical. Believe it or not, I've heard um, I've heard NFL players like being interviewed about it, and this one guy I can't remember who it was played on the Bears, and he said being a northern team and then having to go down into the Miami like even in December like the heat of Miami, you're used to like it being like 10, 20 degrees or whatever. He goes, then you go down to Miami and it's still like high 60s like 70s in like december he goes and it takes a lot out of you like it destroys your body not being used to those temperatures yeah i believe it he's like uh, so it really affects you all year long he goes people think it's just like early on in the year when it's like 90 in miami it's crazy yeah. i was just the, the, somebody mentioned on twitter that like the snap counts for Bills offensive players is going to look real wonky and don't don't worry about it. It's just everybody was catching cramps left and right. So like you would be people were asking questions like why why wasn't Gabe Davison on third down and when they were running four wide or something? And it's like, dude, everybody was cramping. Take it easy. <laughs> um however, despite all the cramps, Josh Allen threw the ball 63 times, man. What's the record? Do we know what the record is for pass attempts in a game? Because that's got to be close to it. I mean, I could, I could probably 60, find he, such he, a thing. He threw the ball sixty-three times for four. Excuse me, he completed forty-two of sixty-three. Forty-two completions is a stupid number. Forty-two completions for four hundred yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he was also the team's leading rusher with eight carries and forty-seven yards. Um, quick uh quick google search says that drew bledsoe of the new england patriots attempted 70 uh, 70 passes in a game against the minnesota vikings in 1994 oh my god how many say what his actual stat line is like how many he completed uh 45 of 70 for 426 yards and three passing touchdowns oh my dang that's so many you would think in a game where the quarterback threw 70 times that the score would be a little bit higher than 26 to 20. <laughs> That's just like getting down the field and just getting no points for it. 
Yeah. Vinny uh, Testaverde attempted 69 attempts in the year 2000. Uh, much too old at that point, I think, to do that. But that's fine. Um, Jared Goff, two years ago. I'm sorry, three years ago at this point. Uh, attempted 68 passes. John Kitna was 68. And then so was George Blanda, 68. Hold on. George Blanda throwing 68 times in 1964. They carried the ball. Yeah, it, it's so many. But what's crazy to me, though, is throwing that many times and still running the ball 23 times. Like, yeah, that's damn near 100 plays, man. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, also, since this is a game where everybody was cramping up and everybody wasn't on the field consistently, Devin Singletary led the Bills in, in receiving with nine grabs, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the Dolphins' side, Tua... Clearly has this team in in winning formation these days, but he only threw the ball 18 times. He did get hurt in this game in a play that I thought was because he took a shot to like the dome, but I guess he had some sort of back spasm happening and the dude just couldn't stand. Um, Is that what happened? He was, he was, he was treated for a concussion on the field. It came out afterwards that he had a back spasm. I, I saw something that said that, that, well, no, this is still being this is being investigated because the man stood up. I, my eyeball saw he got hit. Uh, it looked like a shot to the dome or like a whiplash effect. He couldn't. He stand. He stood up and then like fell over and he had to be carried off the field for the most yeah, part. That's what and I he said. went back and then he came back out and played in that game. And I was like, well, that can't be a thing. The dude mm-hmm. like couldn't stand up. Uh, and then like after the game, somebody said something like, "No, Tua has." He has a history of back spasms that, 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 you know, will sometimes make him like he's like immobile. I don't know how it was explained. And I'm like, that did not look like back spasm. It looked like the dude got his bell rung and couldn't stand up. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it's being investigated now. Like, how did they let him go back out on the field like that? Yeah, uh, I saw I actually saw a video by uh, Emmanuel Acho. Um, yep. He said that. You know, he has been evaluated before on the field for concussions and he's been, you know, they ask him like really easy questions like, what's your name? What day is it? And he's like, my name. He's like, I'm always going to remember my name. He's like, what day is it? I'm in a football uniform. It's Sunday. Like, it's easy. And then what kind of like and then he's like president. He's like, I've known that for at least at least a year normally. Right. He's like, so those are the three questions that they usually ask you to pass concussion protocol. He goes, and then they just put you back on the field. He goes, and I can keep playing football. He goes, but the concussion doesn't really take, you know, it kind of doesn't really take effect until later. He goes, I've been fine and played like throughout the entire game. He goes, and then when I got home, like I get out of the cab from the airport and then I just don't know which house is mine. (laughs) That's not good, man. Not great. Oh my gosh. Well, Regardless, there's a bit of uncertainty about what happened with Tua. Uh, he did finish this game, though he only threw 18 passes, which they didn't. It didn't matter. Jalen Waddle had a great game four four receptions, 102 yards, and six targets. Uh, Hill not as not as good. Two catches, 33 yards on four targets. Um, in what is probably one of my favorite names in the NFL, I believe his name is River Craycraft. I like it caught the only passing touchdown of the day. 
and the Dolphins won this game 21, 21 to 19, and it moved to three and O. Who would have thunk, right? Who would have thought? Yeah, this is this is great and all. Uh, happy for Dolphins fans, even though I hate them. But I'm just gonna say that the the Jets had a thing called the butt fumble, and it's lived in infamy. And the the Dolphins had the butt punt, and nobody's talking about it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably because they, <laughs> they won the game. But it's just not as visually iconic as Mark Sanchez running smack ass into somebody's ass and fumbling the ball. It's just, it's just not as iconic, man. Or maybe it's yeah. just been over. It's just been overdone so many times now that we're just we're, we're just not nearly as, as impacted by it now when a football and somebody's rear end rear end take over the game. Yeah, I suppose that's fair. I get it. All right, let's um, move on. The Lions at the Vikings in a game where you and I both picked the Vikings. Yeah, now this this was interesting because it looked like it was all Lions here yeah. until the fourth quarter when the Vikings decided to not lose to the Lions, which, you know, they don't do very often. <laughs> yeah, this now the Vikings are coming off a, a dud on Monday night, and you were looking for a sort of uh, get right game here, though I don't necessarily know that, that that the Vikings got what they were looking for. They still won this game, mm-hmm. but but for example, Justin Jefferson had three catches for 14 yards. And by get right, I don't necessarily mean that like your star players all have to play great, but it just didn't seem like the offensive game they were looking for. Kirk Cousins was 24 for 41, 260, and two touchdowns. Um, uh, I mean, maybe they did things a bit more by the book as far as uh, what people expect with, like, giving the ball to Dalvin Cook a bit more. But, like, the Lions are a team that's, that's you know, they don't give up, man. They, they're a tough out every single time, and they just made it really difficult for the Vikings the entire time. Uh, Goff 25 for 41, 277, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, Swift got hurt in this game, so Jamal Williams got the workload. But St. Brown was only targeted nine times, which I believe breaks his record. That's very sad to hear. What the dude was like nine straight games of 10 targets or more. And that's that's over now. Uh, But it's still because it was the first game I bet his over for receiving yards. So why would that be? Got to bet the over on receptions, man. Actually, you wouldn't have got it. I think his receptions were at six and a half, right? Yeah, I uh, would have missed it either way. But his yardage, I missed it by five yards. He needed, oh, yeah, he needed seventy-seven and a half. Well, it higher. Was Josh than Reynolds, who was the leading Lions receiver, six grabs, ninety-six yards. Yeah. Uh, the Lions lost this game in Minnesota, twenty-eight to twenty-four. Uh, I, I still have faith the Lions are going to be a decent team this year. I don't. They're just. Me too. I get this feeling. Yeah, I think they'll uh, be all right. The Baltimore Ravens went into New England and got the W against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots put up a fight, man. They did. I, they more than I thought. I, I don't. I thought the Patriots' offenses looked really, really pedestrian to this point, and they just they they put up a fight. I don't even know where it came from. They have no offensive coordinators. I who's calling the plays over there. I I don't know, 
But it's 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 pretty amazing that even with Mac Jones throwing zero touchdowns and throwing three interceptions, they only lost this game by eleven. Yeah, he he got hurt at the end of this game, and you would have thought that that man was mauled by a bear midfield. Oh, he was crying. Dude, he everything. I don't doubt that it was a high ankle sprain, I think, is what he ended up having. But mm-hmm. and I don't doubt. I know ankles, rolling ankles and spraining them is is painful stuff. But it the way that he got hurt was picked up. It was a very dramatic ordeal. Like offensive linemen carried him down the stairs. Like, do they not have the the carts they had the stairs? And stuff at these stadiums? They had stairs. You know, like he's getting carried down like steps or something or down the ramp somewhere i'm just thinking to myself the whole time like why are linemen helping him why does he just sit with everybody and just take a ride i mean it but was it was in, very it was in foxborough so like they should have had carts on hand it's not like the rate it's not like yeah. they was in baltimore and like the ravens were like get your own carts bro imagine imagine getting hurt and they're like no 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 cart guy works for us you yeah. figure your shit out yeah, did you did uh, did you not bring your own carts? Did you, yeah, whose fault is that? Uh, Lamar Jackson continues to be MVP candidate leader here. He only had 218 yards passing, but he threw four touchdowns and he had 11 carries for 107 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. The man is on. He's on something this year. He's out to prove something that he's the best running back slash quarterback in the NFL. Sorry, I had to make that stab at him. I think he also needs. He also just needs that validation from the Ravens. Like, really? You didn't want to pay me? Well, this is why you should yeah. probably. Oh man, it's gonna this is gonna be bad. This is gonna be like he wants that Deshaun Watson like, contract. He's not gonna get it, I don't think, because he's the outlier, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He he's he's doing the uh, Aaron Judge thing here where you, you didn't want to pay me and now I'm gonna make it. I'm going to make you pay for it twice over now. Now you're going to pay me more than you would have had to pay me if you just did it at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, the man is cashing in on himself, which is always nice to see when a player sort of chances, takes the chance on himself and it pays off. I know that we're only a week three right now, but he's off to a blazing start. And I hope he, I hope he is healthy for every single game. And the dude wins another MVP because I would love to see the price tag. The Ravens have to pay up for him at the end of the season. I would love to see it. Would you though? Jalen Hurts is next, buddy. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I what the he is gonna be next. He's dude, he might even he might get one before Lamar Jackson because that's how Howie Roseman rolls. He he pays these guys before he actually has to pay them so he can get the best deal possible. I mean, it makes he, a lot more sense than waiting to beat Lamar's numbers. Yeah. I just read a thing today, not to jump to the Eagles game, but I read a thing today. That was like Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. Uh, Jeffrey Lurie is the Eagles owner, for those of you that don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he owns they, birds. He owns birds. He They have a plan in place right now to pay the man. So, like, they, they have numbers on paper to hand to him, really, as the season goes on. I just pictured, I don't know why, the way you described it made it sound like, you ever see the, the game in whose line where they just take the little sheet of paper out of their pocket and just read it. <laughs> like yeah. I was just picturing them taking it out and just handing it to Jalen at some point, like on the sideline. <laughs> like, what do you think? <laughs> oh, like by the little... way, 
by the way, a little update. Um, the Mets won. Oh. They came back to beat the Marlins, which is great news. And the and the Braves lost. More great news. Uh, yeah. So how, how many games are left? How many games are the Mets up now? So the Mets are now up by a half a game. Yeah, because the Mets are ninety-seven and fifty-eight, and the Braves are ninety-seven and fifty-nine. Uh, the Mets play the Marlins again tomorrow, and then head into a three-game series with the Braves. So it's going to be huge. Yeah, this is big stuff. Um, baseball season's over for me, but still going full force for some of the rest of you guys. Yeah, um, as Trav liked to put it, uh, baseball season's over in the Hughes house, and I said, "Well, I don't live there." It's over in the Hughes household, and Rigney doesn't live there, so it's not over for him. No, I, I'm first of all, I'm rooting for the Mets. Um, I hope, I hope they're the New York team that wins it this year. Uh, if for whatever reason they're ousted early, and and this ends up a uh, World Series for the other New York team that nobody likes, uh, baseball is just dead to me for a while. I think a lot of people like them, buddy, but that's that's fine. <laughs> Uh, all right back to football yeah moving on the cincinnati Bengals at the new york jets i'll let you take it over buddy and we're done they lost okay it's over no um you know this i had i had a little bit of faith because the jets you know on paper are a way better team and this year than they were last year and the Bengals uh, appear to be worse than than last year uh, compared to this year and you know the Jets pass rush they they couldn't they couldn't get to Burrow at all and um, Flacco threw the ball away into the ground every single time he was touched by somebody that was wearing orange so it was a tough one to watch. I mean, Joe Flacco's making these mistakes that make him look like a rookie. And like some people even had it like in, ingrained in their brain that if Joe Flacco had another good game against the Bengals, that it might be it might be in the the Jets' best interest to start Flacco over Zach, even though Wilson would be healthy. And that makes zero sense. Like absolutely zero sense. Because I don't know why you would waste Zach Wilson's time of de- like potential development for a 38-year-old statue quarterback. Makes zero sense to me. I have a question for you. Okay. Is is people's willingness for guys like Mike White and Joe Flacco to just get the reins a little while longer? Does that willingness come from some doubt in Zach Wilson? Like do Jets fans don't do they not think Zach Wilson is going to be decent or has at least a shot to be decent? I think he has a uh, speaking from my own perspective here, I guess I think he has a shot to be decent. However, um, he's certainly shown so far that he's exactly, I guess what we thought he was coming out of BYU. He's, he's young, he's inexperienced. He's, he's a gunslinger. So he takes a lot of chances down the field. He, he doesn't care. Like, he will throw in double coverage. He doesn't care. He's going to try and give his guy a chance to make a play on the ball. And I guess I was talking to Cody about it. And because he was saying, he's like, aren't you kind of glad that Joe Flacco did bad, though? Then there's not going to be, like, a quarterback controversy. Um, and I'm like, um, no, I wanted him to, to beat the Bengals. 
uh, and do great. And then just the coaching staff make the correct decision with starting Wilson over him. However, uh, the thing that makes me angry about Joe Flacco is with him being an old quarterback, these are the types of things I expected to see from him. I expected to see that he's a statue, that he's lost all mobility because he's a six, eight fool that can't get out of his own way. And then I also expected to see that, you know, if he was to throw interceptions, it would be because of the lack of arm strength, or he lost that little bit of zip that he used to be able to put on the ball because, you know, he's not 23 years old anymore. So those are the types of like interceptions that I expected to see. I didn't expect to see him targeting Braxton Berrios, who's all of like five nine, being triple covered down the field and throwing an interception that way. That irritates me because you're supposed to be this veteran presence, you know, cool. Like what well, they call him Joe Cool. And I'm just like, my nothing's cool about throwing a pick and triple coverage to Braxton Berrios. Not a single thing about it is cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, let Zach go on the field and make those dumb rookie young kid mistakes and also be electric with his, his athleticism and his mobility in the pocket. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, dude. It's crazy. It's, it's Zach Wilson's season. So like season get get on board or get the hell off. Yeah. Um, right. Tyler Gronklin led the jets in, there it in is. receiving <laughs> eight receptions, 84 yards. Um, uh, I don't know if you mentioned Joe Flacco was 28 of 52, 285 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, Brees Hall, Michael Carter appeared to be splitting carries for the most part. I, I, I don't know if that changes when Zach Wilson gets back. It's something more you could shed more light on than I. Uh, I don't think it changes a whole lot. I think Carter, I think it's basically a 60 40 right now with Carter representing the 60 portion of that split. And I think it will eventually change to 60-40 Hall, but it's not going to be till later in the year. I think they're really just trying to, number one, keep Hall fresh. Number two, uh, get him more acclimated to the offense and pass protection. He's Not that he's been struggling in pass protection, but Michael Carter's pretty good at it. So they're going to keep him, him in there, especially since the Jets are now down their top three tackles so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, we had uh, Makai Becton go out before the season started. So then we were like, you know what we should do is we should move George Fant, who plays right tackle, over to left tackle. Um, and then, you know, we'll move up a rookie. And then they're like, you know what? Maybe we should sign Dwayne Brown. Then we signed Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown comes in to play left tackle. Then move George Fant back over to right tackle. Dwayne Brown gets hurt. Uh, Brown is now on IR. Becton is lost for the season. George Fant comes over to left tackle. Then they put up the rookie, Max Mitchell, who's actually remember doing pretty good. Um, George Fant is now on IR. So now we have Connor McDermott in there, and that is sad for everyone except for common, except for Connor McDermott's mom. <laughs> uh, well, that was a mouthful, buddy. Yeah. The, the Bengals won this game 27 to 12. Um, Burrow at 23, he was 23 for 36, 275 yards, three touchdowns. P. Ryan was the leading rusher for some reason. I don't know if Mixon got hurt. I, I didn't see a lot of this game. Uh, um, he didn't get hurt. I mean, he got like a little banged up, but they ended up um, they ended up taking him out towards the end of the game and because the Bengals had kind of like run away with it for a little bit there. And so like the entire fourth quarter was all P. Ryan. Yeah. 
But Mixon wasn't doing uh, a whole lot on the ground. He averaged just two yards a carry. The Bengals are a team I expect to get it get it together here offensively. I feel like they're they're just sort of a clusterfuck right now. Uh, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins led the team receiving 105 yards for Boyd, 93 yards for Higgins. Um, Boyd scored, Chase scored, P. Ryan scored. Those are the three touchdowns, passing touchdowns. The the Eagles at the Commanders. Uh, Philadelphia won this game 24 to 8, which is a convenient score because the night before the game, Nick Sirianni played some big Kobe Bryant special tape thing where Kobe Bryant had talked to the Eagles previously because Kobe Bryant was an Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote it all jazzed up about it. And then the Eagles won 24 to 8 in poetic irony, uh, which is not something I knew about until way after. Uh, Jalen Hurts was 22 of 35, 340 yards, three passing touchdowns. He also had nine carries for 20 yards, which is very low for a scrambling quarterback. Uh, Miles Sanders had 15 carries, 46 yards, no touchdowns. So it's a 3.1 average, not very good. Devontae Beast, I mean, Smith, eight grabs, 169 yards, and a touchdown. AJ Brown had five grabs for 85 yards and a touchdown. And Dallas Goddard scored. Uh, the Eagles' offense looks looks great. It's their defense. I'm really, really have been impressed with, especially coming off a Week One dud. I was not happy with at all. The the um, the Eagles' defense held Carson Wentz to 211 yards passing, no touchdowns, uh, no interceptions, and they sacked him nine times. That's a, that's so many. That's more than three or four. That's a lot of sacks. Um, and one of the bigger points I've seen being made after that game was. Five sacks, you could you could be like, oh man, the offensive lineman had a bad day. But nine sacks, and a lot of those have to be on the quarterback. You don't get set even with the league's worst line. You don't get sacks nine times. Right. Um, Carson Wentz had no answer for Eagles defense, which is the weirdest statement I've said coming from somebody who's a huge Eagles fan and a huge Carson Wentz fan. Uh, Terry McLaurin with the debut to the season game here, six grabs, 102 yards on nine targets. Uh, the the Manders keep using Samuel in a very um, Debo way. Curtis Samuel, I mean, Get seven it. grabs. Get it. You see what I did there? Seven grabs, 48 yards on 10 targets. Uh, he also had three carries for 13 yards. Uh, the Eagles won this game 24 to 8. I didn't say that already. You did, but, you know, the people needed to hear it one more time. Yeah. The Saints of the Panthers. Uh, not a ton going on here. The Jameis Winston was he threw a ton as Jameis Winston does 25 for 41, 353 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, keep talking, I'll be right back. Okay, Alvin Kamara had 15 grabs for 61 yards, his longest was 27. The real surprise, though, here actually, no surprise is Chris Olave, who is becoming quite the star, nine grabs, 147 yards. Um, and no touchdowns, but he had 13 targets, man. That's so many targets for a rookie. He is very clearly becoming their, their go-to guy. Um, the Baker Mayfield was 12 or 25, 170 yards and a touchdown. Once again, people are very confused about what's going on with DJ Moore. Any, any news on DJ Moore front, man? Um, yeah, Matt Rule needs to be fired. That's all I know about the Panthers, about DJ Moore, about Baker Mayfield, about Christian McCaffrey, all their usage. It's like, what? how is this dude still 
the coach. I know it's only week three, but like how many chances of a different quarterback in your system are you going to get and just completely underwhelm your fans? Yeah, he's not very good, man. Not great. Um, Christian McCaffrey, 25 carries for 108 yards and two receptions for seven yards on four targets. That's, so, I mean, that's the problem. That's the problem. The two receptions on only four targets for McCaffrey. I think I even said this last week. McCaffrey is the dude that needs to be getting like eight to ten receptions minimum. You need to feed that dude in the middle of the field. He's a He just continues drives every time like he gets the ball. So I don't yeah, I, he's one of the best weapons that there is in the entire NFL. So I'm with you. Matt Rule should probably get the boot. I'm not sure how he's maintained his job to this point. The no Jaguars at Chargers and probably one of the more stunning outcomes of the week next to the Colts Chiefs game. The I think Jaguars, this was even more surprising, honestly. But go ahead. Because of the ass whooping that it was? Yeah, I wouldn't have been that surprised if the Jaguars beat the Chargers, especially considering Herbert's injury and the fact that Keenan Allen isn't healthy and the fact that Joey Bosa's hurt. So it's just like, and 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 then um, uh, their left tackle, uh, Rashawn Slater, he got hurt in this game. So it's like, that that all makes sense. But the fact that it was 38-10 to 10 and Jacksonville just steamrolled over the Chargers, that was surprising. Yeah, I thought so, too. Um, Trevor Lawrence was 28 for 39, 262 yards and three touchdowns. I, be- I believe this is his best game as a pro so far. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I'm pretty sure it is as well. The Robinson continues to be a, a feel-good story of the year with 17 carries, 100 yards and a touchdown. But ETN got some looks, too. 13 carries, 45 yards, and he had three receptions for 30 yards. Um, yeah. I, mean, uh, I wonder how many people are laughing at Christian Kirk's uh, payday now. I He's know. looked great every single week. Yeah. I, I don't know if the Jags just saw something the rest of us didn't see. I mean, he was he was fine in Arizona. Maybe maybe there's just too many too many mouths to feed in Arizona to really let him shine. But yeah, it seems like a great move. Would you still think he would? Would you still say that that was a bit of an overpay, though, or was that like? I mean, slightly. I mean, if you look at like the rest of the market, like the average free agent was getting roughly fourteen to fifteen mil per season or whatever, and a lot of people had expected Christian Kirk to get around sixteen to eighteen. They ended up signing him because of like bonuses and stuff. I think it was like around twenty-one million per year. So yeah, it was definitely a little bit of an overpay. I think he had to pay the Jacksonville. They had to pay the Jacksonville tax a little bit, right? Like when you go to a bad team, <laughs> it's like the Jets have been doing it forever too. It's like the Jet tax and you know the Lion tax and the Brown tax. I mean, well, that sounds worse, but um, you know what I mean. Like you just kind of have to pay a, this. Uh, you kind of have to pay this tax for when you're not a good team. And uh, I think the Jaguars probably had to do that a little bit, but. Um, yeah, it's still a little bit of an overpay. Probably could could have got a lot less. But um I mean it's not as bad as uh as uh who'd the Patriots sign again? Who was it? That guy? Parker? Not him. The other guy. Oh god. Who was it? They signed him last year, I believe. Not great. Did he come from Hunter the Henry? Eagles, maybe? No. Wide receiver. Nelson oh, Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar? Yeah. 
they they spent a lot on that dude. He was like the highest paid wide receiver of uh two classes ago, two free agent classes ago. Listen, wow. I don't know what these teams are uh, they haven't learned their lesson from Eagles uh woes and first round wide receivers. We've hit on like one of the last three. I'm not sure why they they would get paid. That reminds me, um, dude, when we were talking about the Vikings game, you completely glossed over the Jalen Rager one catch for two yards stat line. No, I said he had a catch, and I said... Did you say it was I for two said, yards? No, I didn't say it was for two yards, but I said... Because he had a carry, too, for like 14 yards, but the man got booed out of the building, and they just kept putting him on the field like they were. that was somehow a mental maneuver, like they were psyching us out by putting Rager on the field. Was like, no, 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 I meant, the, I meant the Vikings-Lions game. Did he look legit? Was getting, like, of all the things that happened that game that, that got some sort of reaction, whether it be the Eagles scoring or whatever, the biggest reaction of the night was every time Rager stepped foot on the field. He just got booed out of there. Yeah, I'm I don't sure. Know why they did that to him. I'm sure if the Seahawks played in uh, New York, a similar thing would happen with Jamal Adams. So, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yes. The Jets have way more reason to hate Adams than, than uh, the Eagles do the Kate Rager, because that was our fault. It wasn't his fault. Um, it wasn't his fault. He was trash. It was ours. <laughs> and it was our fault for picking him there. Yeah, no, we should have known he was trash. He knew he was trash. He, the... he knew the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he got the, the fo- he the got the rest. phone call on draft on, on draft night. He's just like, "You sure you guys didn't mean Jefferson? You need his number." <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys mean to call me? Was this a butt butt dial? The the Rams of the Cardinals in a game that I thought was going to be um, these division block. games in the NFC West are a bit more rough, right? I felt like this was mild to their compared to their usual scrums. Yeah. Uh, Kyler Murray threw for 58 uh, passes that I worded that word, but he threw 58 times in this game. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I understand that he doesn't have weapons, really, right now. Like, he doesn't have, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins currently. James Connors kind of hurt. Why isn't he running? He ran twice in this game for eight yards. I don't get it. Maybe because teams are they're, they're spying him a bit, and they're just daring him to throw, and they're, they're not able to do that really great right now. He's like the fastest guy on the field. Just run a little bit. They're just spying a lot, man. You got like five spies back there. I don't care how much they're looking at him. They can't catch him. Run. <laughs> it's silly, dumb nonsense. They're thrown to a guy named Dorch nine times for 80 yards. Dorch. Who uh, Cody picked up and I played against. Dude, so, it was Hollywood Brown. 17 targets. And he had 14 grams, 140 yards. That's so many. It's a great day for him. Yeah. Good job, Hollywood. It was a great day. Uh, Matt Stafford was 18 for 25 or 249. Cam Akers is the leading carrier for the Rams again. Oh yeah, he had he had 12 attempts and then he had uh, um, oh he didn't have any he didn't have any rece- uh, receptions. Weird. Cooper Cup was their most efficient runner though, man. He had one carry for 20 yards. That's a 20 yard per carry average. And it was a touchdown. So. And it was a touchdown. So. So eat it. Put that up and smoke it. Yeah, Higby. Uh, (laughs) Rams won this game 20 to 12. 
The Atlanta Falcons at the Seattle Seahawks. What noteworthy event from this game did you did you take note of? That was a weird <laughs> way to say that. Uh, that Cordero Patterson can still run the ball. I don't uh, like it. <laughs> 17 <laughs> attempts for 141 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, dude is talented. I don't care if he's old I'm or just, a wide receiver uh, or both. He, he can run the ball. What's happening? He, does he, he only, still number like 83? What's like, what is this? 84? Yeah. Uh, his re- he had one reception. It was nice to see Kyle Pitts get way more involved in this game. Uh, five receptions for 87 yards. He's still allergic to the end zone, but maybe he'll get in there eventually. Uh, I mean, they're not playing in London this year, so oh yeah, are they? No, I don't. I don't think so. Dude, and don't bring up that London game, game from last year, okay? The only touchdown Kyle Pitts scored in his entire career was against the Jets. Yeah, and it was also <laughs> in London. He can only score across the pond, man. I wasn't even. I wasn't even thinking of the Jets. Just that he can't score unless it's in London. Nobody ever thinks of the Jets on purpose. It's just like, what terrible thing happened to that team? <laughs> oh, that was the Jets. Oh, okay. Well, uh, speaking of the Jets, Gino actually looked pretty decent in this game again. Uh, super. He's like super game manager. Um, he's, uh, you know, 32 of 44, 325 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Not bad. Uh, quarterback rating of 99.1. Pretty decent day for Gino. Speaking of the Jets, Gino yeah. Smith. It was a good day for him, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't. Clearly, they made the right move over Drew Locke. I don't really know. They got to be going quarterback this year, right, though? And they're, the draft, you would think. You'd think, but who's who do you think's a better rapper, uh, Drew Locke or Geno Smith? Because I think it's probably Drew Locke. Rapper? Yeah. You ever see Drew Locke on the sideline rapping? Yeah. Well, why do they care about that, man? I'm not saying they care about it. It's just I've felt like Drew Locke doesn't really get called the better anything, so I wanted to give him some credit. Yeah, but like I doubt he's <laughs> a better rapper over Geno. I don't know. Gino doesn't seem like very much of a rapper. I mean, he had that one, the one line that everybody loved after the uh, after the Broncos game, where he's like, "They all wrote me off, but I ain't right back." I'm just like, "All right, I get it. Like that's not, but like they didn't write to you. You know what I mean? Like they just... they wrote you off. They didn't like write a letter to you and then you just ignored them. So that doesn't even really make that much sense, buddy. Just don't know why you're critiquing the man's rap skills." All right, let's move on. The Green Bay Packers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. This game it was weird. The, we, we picked it correctly, right? But yeah, it didn't. Even this is one of those games where like the Packers won, but it just felt like both teams lost. I don't. This was a boring one, man. I know that Brady was missing everybody. He's mis- been missing everybody all year. Mike Evans is suspended. Russell Gage was his best receiver. Um. Fournette only had 12 carries for 35 yards. He tar- had to target guys like Perryman and Darden and Rudolph. And it's just Brady's out there struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rogers said something after the game, something along the lines of the Jumbotron gave something away. And then on Pat McAfee's show, he like refused to say what it was. He like dialed it back and pretended like he didn't say what he said or that's yeah, not what he, he meant. He essentially was like, because Pat McAfee's like, so what'd you see? Like, somebody obviously gave something away about, like, what the play was going to be. He's like, look, he's like, I'm not going to tell you 
what I saw. He goes, but I'm just going to say that when you see something, you say something, right? He's like, so, you know, I saw something. So I just went and relayed the information and whether we use that or not to help us, you know, had nothing to do with the two point conversion, but he goes, you know, you get the feeling that it could have helped. And then he's like, yeah. Pat McAfee's basically like, so what'd you see? He's like, look, I'm not going to tell you. He's like, but I, I didn't see like a, a, a surface. You know what I mean? Like I didn't see like a Microsoft like surface where it shows like the play that they were going to run or something like that. He goes, but you know, I might've, might've seen something. <laughs> Doing his very best to cover his ass and not be a part of another Spygate thing. Super weird that he would even say that he saw something on the Jumbotron to begin with and then have to feel like you have to backpedal all week now because you said something kind of dumb to the media post game. Yeah, he's going to like totally get investigative. Now they're like, <laughs> I wonder if like the Tampa Bay media team has just gone through every single second of footage that played over their Jumbotrons to see what could possibly have played that made any impact. I want to know what Bruce Arians thinks because uh, he kind of got in trouble, right, for being on the sidelines. Like, cause you kind of, I don't think he's supposed to be on the sidelines, but he's being on the sidelines for games, which I think is a little interesting considering you were the head coach of the majority of these players last year. And now you're, you're like, no, 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 it's Todd's team now, but I'll just, I'll be around. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like all, a lot of the players are going to still go up to Bruce and be like, you know, what do you, what do you think about this play or whatever? Like, I don't know. I feel like they're going to be talking to him about the game and he's just going to be like, oh no, no yeah. go talk to Todd. Todd's in charge, but I'm I'm gonna wear all our team stuff and I'm gonna have a headset on, but that's just for I'm gonna hold the playbook on my on my little sheet too, but I'm not the coach. It's Todd is the coach. Yeah. All right, Bruce, go back upstairs. It's like Mother's Day. You know what I mean? It's like Mother's Day when like mom is just like in in bed and like she gets the whole day like just in bed and then all the kids are like Oh, so dad's in charge today? Yep, dad's in charge. But then they still go bother mom for like simple things. Like, I mean, that's at yeah. least how it is in my house. Like, like she just knows. <laughs> Kay's the one that makes like most of the, like the, you know, can I eat this before that kind of thing? I'm just like, I don't care. But go ask your mom because she probably does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's how it's pretty really universal about. dad stuff, really, because I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, yeah. the kids don't even... Like, like Mary will be like making dinner and doing all kinds of things. And I'll be sitting there like messing with fantasy football on my phone. And the kids will get up from the couch next to me and go into the kitchen to ask her for, for something that's in the living room where I am. Mm -hmm. Like that's yeah. how, yeah. that's how it works around here. Yeah. You're Todd and she's Bruce. Get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm okay with it. It's her. I feel bad for it. <laughs> you guys don't have to ask me anything. Unless and then unless it's like time to do something that nobody wants to do, and then like dad is the main star of the show, and it's like oh, okay, I get yeah, it. Yeah, we're getting we're getting off on a bit of a tangent here, but yes, uh, Olivia does this thing where she likes to ask me, "Hey, dad, can I have uh, this cookie?" And I'm like, "Yeah, for sure." And then she's just like, "I'm gonna go ask mom." And then she walks into another room and she's just like. Hey mom, can I have this cookie? And I'm like, I already told you yes. Now, like, you're gonna look dumb if she says no, because now you can't eat it. Like, if she says no, so why didn't you just say, like, why didn't you just eat it when I said yes? And then she's just like, like, like she has to ask both parents no matter what. It's weird. It's like you're the parent, but you're like not the parent. No, no, no. Right? I'm like, you know, I'm secondary like, parent. It's like it's like you said, like when I'm, you know. When like you gotta go clean up poop or something, then then you're the parent. Yeah. You gotta take out the garbage. Then you're the parent. 
Yeah. Well, you get it. The kids don't. They don't. <laughs> Mary will like. She'll be. She'll be like in the kitchen or doing something for like twenty five minutes, and then she'll walk into the living room where all of us are, including the dog that's pooping on the floor at the moment. Sick. And then, and then Lamb will be like, "Mom, can I have apple juice?" And then you just sort of like look at her and then look back at Lee. I'm like, dude, I've been sitting here this whole time. Like you could, like you're going to make me look bad for you asking her. <laughs> Can you just ask me for the apple juice and stop asking mom? She was just in there. Like, just yeah, ask I, me. I'm, I have the same parent power. Just ask me. I'd much rather you ask me for apple juice a millisecond before you thought about asking your mother, because now she wants to kill me for not, because she just assumes, right, that he's been asking for apple juice this whole time and you haven't been getting it. So as soon as she walks into the room, he asks for apple juice. And now she's got to go get it because for some reason you haven't done anything about it. Well, you know what's the worst part about that is uh, there, it, there's so many occasions where he's like, Dad, can I have the apple juice? I'm like, yeah, give me a minute, buddy. And then like she'll walk in the room and he'll be like, Mom, can I have apple juice? And she's like, yeah, sure. And I'm just like, dude, you couldn't wait 60 seconds for your apple juice? Did you immediately go to mom because I didn't I didn't drop everything I was doing to go get your apple juice? You didn't pull it out of his ear like a magician. <laughs> but you know, hey, nobody needs my help. And then it was like time for bed. And he's like, Dad, come on. I'm like, what, what? now I have to go to bed? None of you guys, nobody wanted any part of me, but now I have to go to bed. Oh, yeah. okay. True story. All right. The Sunday night game. Oh, sorry. I was laughing probably, but Everyone else is probably like, can you guys get back to the football? <laughs> um, the 49ers at the Broncos. Which team looked worse and not on the scoreboard? Yes. Yes. yes they both looked worse, unfortunately, <laughs> for them. I, don't, I hate that a safety is how this game was decided. Um, right, essentially. In the, and this in was now, just uh, a, a Jimmy G, Dan Orlovsky ripoff. Yeah, no, Dan Orlovsky is forever off the hook from his end zone debacle because Jimmy G did it now. Now, I was not watching this game um, because I didn't care about football anymore at this point in my life. And so I just I was scrolling on Twitter and I just saw Dan Orlovsky say, finally, I'm free. And I'm like, don't know what that's about. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then, so I just searched the Sunday night game to find out what was going on. I saw Jimmy G running into the back of the end zone like an idiot, and I was like, "Oh, cool." Uh, it's at least it's Dan like, Orlovsky had like the at least he had the uh, the excuse that it was his first game like starting. You know what I mean? Whereas like yeah. Jimmy G's kind of been there before. Yeah, you gotta know where you're at on the field, buddy. Yeah, that was that was not great. Uh, the Broncos won this game eleven to ten. If if there's was that a scoregami? Has ever been an eleven to ten before? Oh, that's a good thing. That's a good question. I don't know. Let me let me let me search that up. Because at one point the Eagles were winning, um, twenty-one to two, and that was a scoregami. And yeah. uh, I only know that because uh, what's his name on Red Zone? Scott Hansen. Had mentioned it. He's like, "All right, start the clock on the scoregami." Philadelphia is up twenty-one to two. I love that oh, so God. many people keep track of scoregami now because that's that's like a video that I found like five years ago by this by this YouTube company called or this YouTube channel called uh, uh, Secret Pace, I think it's called, and they keep track of scoregamis and they have for a long time. And I just think it's like one of the coolest things that anybody ever keeps track of. 
And by the way, I found the information. This is the second time in NFL history that a score ended 11 to 10. The first time was in 2008 um, when the Steelers beat the Chargers 11 to 10. And for those of you that don't know, scoregami is when the final score of a game is one that has never happened before. So yes. when Scott Hansen mentioned it on Red Zone, that you know, start the clock for the scoregami. The Eagles score is twenty-one to two. That means no game has ever finished with a score of twenty-one to two before. Nope. That's what scoregami is. And if you find that somewhat interesting, which I'm sure there's a select uh, one of you, then you can go ahead and uh, search it on YouTube. Just search scoregami and watch the video by Secret Base because it's perfect. Yeah, Monday night. Cowboys Giants. Um, I, I was very annoyed Monday morning, or not Monday morning, Tuesday morning, listening to ESPN radio, listening to these Giants fans call in and bellyache like they were projected to be the loser the whole week. Were the Giants not the favorite in this game? I believe the Giants were three point favorites or so, two and a half or whatever. So not only were they the betting favorite, but most people were picking the Giants. I'm not sure where all these Giants fans got off. Like, well, you know, this is the this is this was the expected outcome. This is what everybody knew was going to happen. It's like who who knew that? Because the Cowboys were playing without Dak Prescott. They had Cooper Rush, and you guys still you still lost. It's not everybody picked the the Giants. The Giants were two and zero. Nobody was counting you out. A game where you were two and zero, and the Cowboys didn't have Dak Prescott. Nobody was like, yeah, I'm definitely picking the Cowboys. Except for Rigney. Rigney picked the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, I picked the Cowboys because Cody had the uh, Dallas Cowboys defense going, and I just knew my my life couldn't be that sweet. <laughs> well, the Cowboys won this game 23-16. to 16. Um, There's, I mean... There's not really a whole lot to talk about other than the fact that James the Cowboys defense... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying there wasn't a lot going on here, but I, I hate both these teams, so I have very little to say. They're the worst. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say the Cowboys' defense got to Daniel Jones five times, uh, and uh, and picked him off once. Uh, Barkley looked okay, fourteen for eighty-one with a touchdown, and then both Cowboys' running backs actually ran pretty well: thirteen for one hundred five for Tony Pollard and fifteen for seventy-three for uh for zeke and then cd lamb actually had a pretty de- efficient day as well eight for 87 and a touchdown so i mean for what it's worth the cowboys looked pretty decent i don't know how good the giants defense uh really is um they haven't really been playing like the you know any juggernaut offenses yet so it's kind of tough to tell where they're at but i mean you know bill parcells always says uh you're as good as your record says you are. So if that's true, then the Giants are two and one, and they have a lot to be happy about, even though they lost this game. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. The NFC East has got all winning records except for the Commanders. Hmm. Um. That's it, man. For uh, for week three, uh, our locks of the week. You had selected the Chiefs. I had selected the Ravens. Did I lose? You, the Chiefs did lose. Yes, you were zero yeah. one for the locks. Yeah, I lost. So um, not on the week, it. on the week, you went seven and nine, which seems to be total, my favorite number. Go ahead. Bringing your total to 22, 25, and one. I went eight and eight, bringing my total to twenty four, twenty three, and one. 
So oh, so you're ahead by two, right? Is that what you said? Up two games. Yeah, okay. That's which, what I thought. Which really just means we're neck and neck because that's a lot of games and I'm only up two. So let's go ahead and jump into week four, man. Thursday night with a banger. Dolphins at Bengals. Who this you is got? a banger, isn't it? Um, it is. The Bengals, Bengals are, are four-point home favorites here. Um, I think that's a little wild considering the Dolphins are undefeated coming off of a game where they beat the Bills. I'm, I don't know. I'm taking the Dolphins with the points. I haven't figured out who I want to pick yet for to win this game. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Dolphins. I'll just take the Dolphins here. I am gonna go Bengals, but I'm picking the Dolphins with the points. Okay, makes sense. The Minnesota Vikings at the New Orleans Saints. The Vikings are two and a half point road favorites. Uh, yeah, this is this game is in London, so it's kind of it's on a neutral field. It's at uh, nine thirty in the morning on Sunday. Nine thirty a.m. If you're Such East Coast, lineup, people. Yeah. All you Dalvin Cook owners, make sure you got Madison in there by nine thirty a.m. when they inevitably say he's not playing. This is six thirty a.m. If you're on the West Coast, that would be which fun. is insane. <laughs> yeah, just wake up at six thirty, start drinking beers, watching your team lose to the Saints. Uh, no, I think the Vikings are going to win this game. Uh, seems like Jameis Winston's a little banged up. Michael Thomas is a little banged up. Uh, I'm going Vikings here. I'm also going Vikings. The Browns at the at the Falcons. Browns one and a half point road favorites. This one seems easy to me, which means that I'm going to be wrong, right? Because whenever they seem easy, it's just like you're an idiot. You should have known it was a, yeah. it's a trap. The Browns are one and a half point uh, road favorites here. I'm going with the Browns. I just think that they're the more complete team. I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Chubb runs all over the Falcons here. And uh, the Browns defense is actually pretty good. Hopefully, Miles Garrett's okay after the car accident that he got into um, on his way home from Browns practice. He got into like a single car accident. I guess he has like some lacerations and uh, bruised shoulders or something like that. I don't know. That dude's shoulders are so big, he's probably bouncing all over the car. Uh, he's he's probably fine though. I'm going Browns. I uh, I know you didn't say it in a way, but it just sounded so funny that for you to say like, you know, Miles Garrett on his way home from Browns practice. I know that you didn't say it in a certain <laughs> way, but it just sounds stupid that he was on his way home from Browns practice. Yeah, like he could have been somewhere else. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> uh, the Washington Commanders of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, you you take this one first because I don't I don't know, buddy. Um, the Cowboys are three point home favorites. Oh, I took the Falcons by the way in the Browns Falcons game. Oh, okay. I actually thought you said um, Browns, but that works too. The Washington Commanders are three point road dogs. Road mm-hmm. dogs. Um, Wentz didn't look particularly good last week. This game's in Dallas. The Cowboys play decent in Dallas. I'm picking the Cowboys to win and cover. I think I'm going with that as well. Uh, that's what I had it kind of hovering over. I feel like the commanders can't look that bad two weeks in a row, but if the Eagles no, and this is no offense on the Eagles, obviously the Eagles defense look great, but I just think with Micah Parsons, the, the Dallas pass rush, I feel like is, is really, really good too. So if the Eagles got to the commanders, if they got to Carson Wentz nine times, I feel like the Dallas uh, situation could be pretty similar for Wentz. 
So I'm yeah. going Cowboys. Yeah, that's true. Parsons could wreak havoc on that Washington offensive line. Though I do think, unbiasedly, statistically, the Eagles' defensive line is significantly better. But oh yeah, no, it's it's that, that's what I was saying. I'm not trying to say that the Eagles aren't like don't have a uh, a better defensive line. I'm just saying that like in theory, the Cowboys also have a very good defensive line, so they should be able to do something somewhat similar. That's all I was saying. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I just. I just hate them. So yeah, so you have to feel like you need you need to throw like a, a little jab I'm at defending, them. Even when you're not being an aggressor towards the Eagles, I still feel the need to defend myself against the Cowboys because I hate them. It's like it's just like the internet, like just in general. Like, what's your favorite <laughs> pizza topping? Uh, my favorite's pineapple. It's like, how can you not say it's sausage? I didn't say I hated sausage. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's how that's how you're reacting. Yeah. It is. It's just, it's, that's how much I hate the Cowboys. Um, the Seattle Seahawks at the Detroit Lions. The Lions are four and a half point home favorites. I'm going to Lions here to win and cover. Samesies. They're scoring so many points, right? Like it's gotta. They gotta. It's gotta come around for them here. I don't see how Seattle keeps up in this game. I think. I think the Lions just roll all over them, even with Swift potentially not playing. I think the Lions come out and just just run them up and down the field. Yeah. Uh the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are three and a half points. This seems this seems dumb. I feel like I should pick the Colts. I'm gonna pick the Colts to win, but I think the Titans cover. I think it's gonna be a close game. Okay. I'm I'm picking the Titans to win and cover. Okay. Fine. Well, win and cover. If they win, they would cover, but for sure. Uh, the, the, since, oh my God, the Chicago bears at the New York giants. I mean, they're pretty close to the Cincinnati reds. So I get, I get that. It's like the same logo, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, man, I think I'm going bears here and I, and I don't, I don't like it. I don't like I it don't at all. Like it. I really don't, but bears, honestly, for no reason, I just have that feeling. And whenever yeah, I have dude. that feeling, I'm probably wrong about it. I don't care. Go embarrassed. Uh, I'm taking the Giants to win and cover. The Jacksonville Jaguars are six and a half point road dogs to the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, Doug Peterson revenge game here. I'm yep. gonna I'm gonna take uh, the the Eagles to win it. However, I think it's gonna be close enough that uh, the Jaguars cover the six and a half point spread. Uh, I am with you 100%. I think Philly wins the game, but I have Jacksonville covering six and a half points. Fair. The, this is, that, that one's going to be interesting, too. The, the Jags are 2-1, and one, Philly's 3-0. and oh. So that should be a good one, even though that one's at 1 p.m. The, yep. the Jets at the Steelers. Jets are three and a half point road dogs. All right. Now, realistically, going into the season, I was like, okay, Jets are going to lose to the Ravens. They'll beat the Browns. They'll lose to the Bengals, and then they'll beat the Steelers. However, I did pick them to beat the Bengals last week because I thought the Bengals looked a lot worse than I thought they were going to. Uh, I'm going to stick with my plan here, though. I do think the Jets beat the Steelers. I think that uh, it makes Tomlin really question his life, like losing to the Jets at home in Pittsburgh. And then I think he switches to... uh, so can you pick it after this one because of that? So going Jets here. Um, 
I am picking the New York Jets to cover. Yeah. But the Steelers to win. Okay. 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 That <laughs> <laughs> has almost no reason other than the, than the idea that the Steelers are home. I couldn't figure out for the life of me who I wanted to win this or who I thought was going to win this game. So I just went with the home team. That's really all it boiled down to. But that probably doesn't make you feel any better about it. I I didn't listen to a word you just said. I'm so mad. That's fine. <clears throat> the Bills at the Ravens. Bills are three-point road favorites for some reason. I don't know why they're... Um, I think, oddly enough, this didn't affect them too much last week, but I think with the way that Lamar throws the ball, uh, he likes attacking the deep middle and the Bills are out both of their starting safeties. I think Lamar is going to have another huge game here, so I'm going Ravens. Interesting. Um, I It's like an actual Bills... analysis for this game. Bears, Giants, I'm like, Bears, because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's what we do here. We, we, <laughs> we give you nonsense, and then every once in a while you get hit with something that's real life. Um, I was confused as to why the Ravens were three-point home dogs, but I am going to take the Bills, which seems counterintuitive. But for some reason, as soon as the words left my mouth, why are the Ravens home dogs? I'm like, oh, are the Bills going to win this game? Because Ravens secondary is not very good still. Could still be a thing, yeah. Um, This will be a fun one to watch, though. I think a lot of details in this one. Another potential game of the week. The Chargers at the Texans. Chargers are five-point road favorites. Texans all day. Let's Texans do it. Let's get, to Texans. Let's get to Texans an actual win here. I am okay. taking the Chargers. Dude, um, so potential team of the show here, man. I know. Wait, which one? The Texans? Texans. Are we adding them to the list? Right. We were at Texans, Jaguars, and Lions. Oh, no, last Vikings. week I wrote down Lions, Vikings, Jags. All right. I mean, I kind of like rooting for the Texans. I don't know how you feel, but I was considering. All right. I added them to the list. We All don't right, have cool. to decide right now. So now I, we have four teams. I'm not deciding. Um, The Arizona Cardinals at the Carolina Panthers. This is a one-point spread. So I don't get up. it. I don't get it. I'm going Cardinals. I don't get it. I don't yeah. think, even on a bad day, I think the Cardinals are way more explosive than the Panthers. So... Panthers are awful. I'm not really sure why this is even a thing. Yeah, Cardinals. Um, the New England Patriots are 10-point road dogs to the Green Bay Packers. Yes, Packers. I think, I'm taking them, I think I'm taking them with the points, yeah. Oof. Brian Hoyer starting. I don't know. I think, I I think that matters. I don't know, really, honestly, if that matters or not, but uh, yeah. Um, taking the Packers. The Denver Broncos at the Vegas Raiders. This line is interesting. The Raiders are two and a half point home favorites. It's interesting because the Broncos uh, are two and one and the Raiders are 0 and three. However, the Raiders have looked much better offensively than the Broncos have. So I kind of get it. I'm going with the Raiders here. I think they pick up their first win. Same. Uh, I think this, this is a big one for them. Uh, I think they get the dub. The Chiefs are two-point road favorites at the at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the Bucks get Mike Evans back. Uh, any word on Chris Godwin? Is he coming back this week? Do we know yet? No, I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't but know. I, I don't know if we know. Taking yet. the Bucks to to win. The Bucks to win. I I think I'm going Chiefs. I think we're gonna go okay. Chiefs here. I think they need a kind of little bit of a bounce back off of that disappointing loss to the Colts. Um, going Chiefs. And then the L.A. Rams at the San Fran 49ers. Hmm. This is a tough one. Yeah, the Niners are home, which, you know, kind of just makes them favorites automatically. Otherwise, this is essentially a pick them. Uh, Niners are two and a half point uh, favorites. I think I'm going Rams here. I just, again, I feel like their offense is a little bit more explosive and their defense has more playmakers on it. Not necessarily that it's a better defense, just more playmaking ability from the defense. So I think that's going to probably be the difference. Uh, I'm with you 100%. I'm taking the Rams. Okay. Um, Who's your lock of the week, babe? Did you call me babe? Yeah. Who's your lock of the week, babe? Okay. Uh, Lock of the week. I said man, but. Oh, okay. <laughs> Legitimately hurt, babe. So I was just like, <laughs> all right. It's a different day okay. for us. Um, man, lock of the week is actually a little tough. I feel like a lot of these games are pretty close. Um, I'm going to go lock of the week, uh, Eagles over Jags. Ooh, okay. Eagles for Brittany. I am going to go Packers as the lock of the week. Okay. That one actually made a lot more sense. <laughs> well, but Eagles, Eagles is a goodie. That's a goodie one too. Though. Yeah. I mean, it's good. I just, with being three and oh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to touch anything having to do with the Eagles and picking them. I'm not going to be touching them in the fantasy. Yeah. You'll be fine. in the pool. That's it, man. We all, we are, we are done this week, we have added a team to potential teams of the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Down to the Lions, Vikings, Jags, and Texans, two AFC South teams. Um, Very exciting. Any any parting words for our fans? Um, no. See you next week. All right. <laughs> See you guys next week. All right. Take care.